Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Ways of Discerning the Truth. Well, this was a powerful conversation that my guest today and I had, and it was really fun for me because we went down all kinds of roads surrounding this idea of truth. We talked about healing, figuring out the truth in our own bodies, being able to connect to what that truth is, being able to receive messages on what our bodies don't like and why our health might be um, in the state that it's in to understand how we can open up the lines of communication with our own beingness. And also just the greater truth of what's going on on the planet. And um, one thing I know for sure, and I talk about this in our conversation is, as a person who senses things, you know, beyond the third dimension, one of the things that I've noticed, and I notice this within myself and other people who are sensitive um, or perceptive or are psychic, is that when you feel things that are so off, when you feel that just lies beneath the surface or lack of truth or disconnection, it's disturbing. Like it's, it's like, uh, you know, like, how do I, how do I write this wrong? Or how do I, um, have a positive outcome in this way? And so we talk about that, um, in this conversation, I think it's a really important thing to understand because a lot of times things aren't what they look on the surface. And when you look deeper, you can see into things and experience things where you're like, Ooh, okay. What's being shown on the surface is not what's being shown underneath the surface. And that disconnect between, um, something that's not in alignment at all, but, but being portrayed as though it's helpful or wonderful or positive is hard to stomach sometimes for people that are sensitive. And so I think as we all become more sensitive, we need to pay attention to that. And we need to trust ourselves when we feel like, hmm, something might be a little off here. This isn't feeling right. And really allow ourselves to honor that truth. It's really, really important. Um, One of the things that kind of came about in the last uh, TSFE mini session is people realizing like things in their life that were not in truth and real and giving themselves permission for the first time to say, that's okay. It's okay. If I discover something in my life that that doesn't feel good and I'm finally give voice to it. And I finally realize like, wait, I don't have to live like this. And I don't have to, um, keep feeling like something's off, but not doing something about it. So it's really important that we all move into greater alignment And we talk all about this uh, today, which I'm excited to share with you guys. And as we, you know, head into this year even further, I think this is one of the most important things um, we can show up to in life. So today on the show, I have Dr. Karen Can, and she's a doctor of light medicine and the founder of the Topol Can Healing Method. She uncovered research that shows that 30% of people are highly sensitive In her experience, they often suffer from depression, anxiety, and overwhelm. 
Her mission is to empower sensitive people to harness their gifts as their superpower so they can shine their light and pull the world out of darkness. About 18 years ago, after leaving her post as an assistant professor at UCLA to start a new life in the country, she stressed herself to the point of burnout and developed fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. As a child, she was already a sensitive soul, but when she burnt out, she became really sensitive to everything, food, toxins, electromagnetic radiation, loud sounds, negative emotions. It was like she was a human energy sponge and eventually developed autoimmunity and a low thyroid on top of everything else. And because of her illness, she was able to reconnect with her spirituality and she became an expert in holistic healing. So in the last few years, she developed Tovokan healing, um, which is a three-step process that we talk about in our conversation to align with source ask the right questions and activate powerful healing frequencies, which she calls light medicine. So since then, she's been helping sensitive souls around the world, harness their superpowers, express their soul's mission and create joy in the process. So with no further ado, help me welcome Dr. Karen Can to the show. Welcome to the show, Karen. I'm so happy you're here with us. Oh, same here. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm very excited to be with you today. Me too. So I was just telling you before we jumped on here that I have been reading your new book, new as of 2020, I guess. Um, and it's just, it's so wonderful and phenomenal. And I want to tap into many different things um, in your book. But before we kind of dive into that, I personally am curious about your journey. I know you're a doctor and I know you've had some history of chronic illness and being able to heal that very quickly. Can you share a little bit about what are those major milestones on your journey arriving to today? Mm -hmm. Fabulous. And, and thank you for asking. Um, as you said, I'm, I'm a medical doctor and um, I absolutely love science and love medicine and love taking care of people. And I was really like a, a people person. So very um, sensitive and empathic and loved caring for people. Unfortunately, I didn't realize just how much being in medicine took a physical toll on my body. All those, uh, you know, nights not sleeping, being on call, um, you know, 3 a.m delivering babies and emergencies and all those kinds of things. Uh, my colleagues seem to be doing just fine. <laughs> but for me, it, 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 it kind of took a toll on my body. So uh, what didn't help, of course, was uh, a failing marriage. So with all that stress and everything like that, and a big dose of perfectionism, I ended up with a lot of physical illnesses, autoimmune and thyroid, uh, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome. And and at that point, you know, being super smart, I thought, oh, I, I can fix this, right? I can fix other things and I can fix this. And I came to realize, uh, no, I actually can't. And, and realizing in conventional medicine, there was so much we didn't know about helping people with chronic illness actually heal, not just get their symptoms better. And there was this big hole in my knowledge base. And I was pretty upset about it and, in fact, was even suicidal at one point. But I did make a commitment at some point to say, okay, uh, this is what I am doing for other people. This is not okay. <laughs> I have to figure out another way and being who I am and being like an investigative, you know, a spiritual investigator, if you will, I, I try to, you know, dove into what is it that's causing me to really be sick 
and how could I get better? And that kind of began this uh, interesting spiritual journey into natural medicine, spirituality, started taking Reiki, worked with a spiritual teacher, uh, read a lot of books, went to a lot of retreats, as many of us do to develop ourselves, and ended up doing a lot of physical healing over uh, a number of years. Two years, I didn't have any of those diagnoses anymore, but um, I continued to evolve and learn more about myself and realized that a lot of my patients and people that I was dealing with were very similar to me. Gee, I wonder how that happened. Um, <laughs> that attractor factor, right? So they were highly sensitive. They were empathic. And that's, according to research, a third of us, Shauna, um, are very sensitive and highly empathic. So I didn't realize that all that excessive uh, feeling of other people's emotions and their stresses were literally weighing me down and um, me not really knowing what to do with all these emotions and feelings and things like that. I just assumed they were just mine. It was my problem. So then I realized, wow, I have to figure something out here. And then I figured out ways in which we can, you know, clear our energy fields, feel more like ourselves and some of the work that you do, you know, really getting people back to who they really are, right? Their frequency, their, um, that, that beautiful vibration that they really are. That's, that's the big work, as you know. Um, and so that's what I started doing and noticing a lot of growth and healing in myself and all these sensitive souls are now being able to use their sensitivity as a superpower as opposed to it being like a curse uh, for them, which is why I wrote the book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, to get that really accessible and get it into the hands of people who really need it. So beautiful. So during this time when you're going through this healing process, because I think, you know, if you're struggling with any type of healing or you're really in it, like I've been diagnosed or I'm not feeling good or I'm an emotionally awful place, like it does feel like sensitivity is, you know, bringing you down, right? The fact that you feel all these things. So what was the turning point just in your journey where you started to really see it as a superpower yourself, probably long before you were even talking about that, um, but where you started to go, wait a second, if I learn more about this, then this whole thing could turn around. It definitely wasn't as uh, definitive like that, <laughs> although many of us wish it was. Um, I, I realized when I was going through my healing journey, uh, I was just so inquisitive, and and we all have our genius, and my genius is being inquisitive. So I was asking my you know my my healing teacher, Reiki teacher, all these different questions, and I was fascinated with psychic powers and things like that. That I was suddenly going to you know be like Jesus and you know uh, <laughs> heal people, and it was always about other people uh, at that point. And then when I realized that some of the internal personal work that I was doing and also um, developing, you know, some of these quote unquote psychic powers, whether it be, you know, clairvoyance or honoring the body or being in the body, I was, you know, noticing, wow, this actually makes a physical three-dimensional world difference in my life. Huh? Okay. Let me explore that more. And so it kind of went from the esoteric into the everyday uh, you know, manifesting, if you will, into the physical where I realized, hey, this stuff really works. Like I, I was, was a humongous fan of The Secret. Um, it, it was an amazing, beautiful movie. And, um, you know, people got a lot out of it. I certainly did. It certainly inspired me. Uh, and equals numbers of people maybe, you know, were frustrated with it because they didn't know what to do. <laughs> uh, they're like, I have to think positive. I have to think positive. Well, it's a lot more than that. And so I think just exploring that piece and getting results you know, whether it be healing results or, or synchronicities or miracles happening, then I was like, okay, this stuff is for real. 
And if I do actually these, these little practices, these little tests, like weather magic, for example, chapter 13 in my book, literally, you know, we were there one day, it was, there was this huge hurricane, 2016 Hurricane Patricia, I believe it was, it was going to slam into uh, Mexico. I didn't get the email until like it already touched land and heard about how awful it was. And I, you know, I thought, you know what, I, I've sort of done little tinklings and weather magic before. I just said, let me just get a bunch of people together. So we got 20 of us. And I said, you know, I, I sort of kind of know how to do this, but um, you do whatever you think. <laughs> Let's see if we can get rid of the storm. And uh, uh, fascinatingly, I kind of forgot about it because I had a Halloween party to go to the next day and I forgot about it. And my husband says, oh, it worked. I said, what worked? And he goes, you know, your weather thing that you did uh, <laughs> for the hurricane. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I forgot about it. What, what's going on? <laughs> right? Because I, I don't watch the news. And he's like, oh, yeah, I kind of petered out into a rainstorm and there, there's no hurricane anymore. I'm like, oh. <gasps> Whoa, that's cool, right? So that the so these these synchronicities, these stories, things happening, were like you know signposts along the way to say to me, keep going, keep teaching this, you know, keep evolving. So there are so many different. There wasn't like one turning point, but several turning points where it just kept going deeper and deeper. So great. And then when at what point did you create? Is it Topa Can? Yes, and you're one of the few people that know how to pronounce it. With <laughs> <laughs> Yay, I win, I win the pronunciation impressive. award. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the Topican Healing Method is, um, well, the funny thing is, is at that point when I named it, I was uh, very resistant to creating yet another healing modality because I was like, oh my gosh, there's Reiki, there's Reconnective Healing, there's Theta Healing, there's Body Code, Emotion Code, there's Body Type, like, there's oh, so many, like, I was like, literally like had this little conversation with my angels and said, yeah, I don't know what I have to do. And they're like, mm, I think it's a good idea. And I'm like, well, why is it a good idea? <laughs> I'm arguing. <laughs> and, uh, and, but they did convince me. They said, number one, not everybody resonates with every single modality. So there's some that are going to be a better fit for you, you know, what you have to offer than what they all have already tried. And I said, okay, that makes sense. And the second thing they said was it's part of your soul expression. Uh, and that really got me. I'm like, oh, okay. So each of us are unique. We have our soul experience, our soul expression, our evolution. So even just the act of creation is something that is part of my evolution. So whether or not somebody gets help from it, it it's almost besides the point, like it's part of my soul's evolving. And I'm like, okay, you convinced me. So then, you know, I, I started taking what was in my head and trying to figure out how do I teach what's in my head and put down on paper, if you will. Um, and that's, you know, that I got a lot of help with that um, through spirit and going within, uh, which is, of course, you know, the wonderful work that you teach as well is that going within. And uh, just the name is interesting because uh, Ken, of course, is my last name. The Tulpa is interesting because it popped into my head when I was meditating and um, I am a big fan of supernatural movies. Uh, a lot of people aren't, but I am. And there was some sort of, um, you know, show called Supernatural, and they had this thing that they had to fight called a, a, a tulpa. And I thought, oh, gee, why is that coming up? Like that, that, that was a, a monster. Right? <laughs> but uh, what it was, was the idea was that with our imagination, we can create something. And that's how the bad guy was creating monsters by taking their imagination and creating a being in this case, 
uh, from their imagination and making it real. So I got the the hint. The hint was we, we use our imagination, which is how weather magic works, for example, um, to create a different reality or a different result. And so that's kind of, you know, in brief, how we figured out the name Topican Healing Method. Uh, and, and I didn't want to use my last name because uh, I had a, a, th a thing against, I, I had a judgment about people that use their names and their healing methods, thinking that was a little bit egotistical. And that's exactly why the angel said to me, you need to use your name in the healing method <laughs> because you have a judgment about it. And I'm like, ah, you're so you're like, oh gosh, it's going to take a lot of deep breaths and <laughs> right, go okay, through this. I'll put myself out there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I love it. It's very, there's something very, uh, the energy is just really good behind it. Like, it's just a really interesting, it's interesting coming off your, you know, when you say it coming off your tongue. So so it's cool. And what, um, I know you talk a lot about muscle testing and you have specific, you know, basically part of the methodology of healing. Can you go into some of the detail of what Topakan um, encompasses? Sure, absolutely. The Topakan healing method kind of boiled down. There's like three main steps. Number one is called align. Number two is ask. And number three is activate. So in the align step, what we're actually doing is putting people through a, some people will call it a meditation, uh, but I call it, you know, really being in the body. So all your energies are in the present moment. And I didn't understand that before because I was not a big meditator. As I talk about in the book, I, you know, uh, kind of make fun a little bit because uh, I'm just not one to sit still. So in the aligned piece, what we're doing is uh, bringing all our energies into the body, feeling the energies literally in the body, what it feels like. And in that space, we basically train the mind to focus on the body and we actually enter what I call the creative space, the zero point field. Some people call it the inner wisdom or the divine gate. I mean, there's all these different, you know, names. Most commonly I call it source, stillness, or uh, zero point field. And when we're in that space, we can actually then use a technique called muscle testing where people can use their bodies and get a yes, no answer. So in the second part of the Topican healing method, after we've done the aligned step, and now we're literally communicating with source through the body, we ask quality questions, yes, no quality questions to get answers. And that's where the methodology is really special because I'm really good at asking the right questions. <laughs> um, you know, for example, it's not like, you know, is gluten good for me, right? It, it might be, well, is eating this particular bread for my highest and greatest good today, you know, uh, or, you know, um, how many times a week would it be uh, for the highest and greatest good for me to eat this bread without having symptoms of blah, 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 and blah, 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 right? So then we can actually get these yes, no answers. We teach people in the methodology how to get percentages. Um, so for example, if someone's like, oh my gosh, I have a cold, you know, I have a cold symptom. How do I know it's not COVID or something like that? We can just ask. And you get a yes, no, you know, and there's ways in which you ask it around. It. You can't diagnose because that's not really appropriate because it's not a medical thing, but we can read energies that way by asking the right question. And then the activate step three is once you know what it is you're dealing with, then you go ahead and do a, what's called a Topican healing directive. And you do a directive to actually heal or resolve that particular energy. And there are really high vibrational energies that people around the world right now are now attuned to. For example, um, you know, people are 
familiar with Reiki and they can be attuned to Reiki 1, Reiki 2, Reiki 3 with Topican Healing. There wasn't a worldwide attunement that I have done uh, where I would say about 96, 97% of the planet actually of humans are actually now attuned. So you can just use it whenever you want it, but most people don't know they're attuned to these newer energies. But that was one of my jobs, if you will, to do as a mission in this timeline. And so we do these directives and what you're doing in the directives really just focusing your consciousness on the result that you actually want. We use our voice. Uh, oftentimes we say the directive out loud uh, to really, it's almost like a spinning the energies in a positive way to create that outcome. And it also helps me concentrate because <laughs> if I say it inside my head, sometimes I, my, my mind just goes bloop, bloop, bloop and go somewhere else. But if I'm saying it, it actually makes it happen, uh, but not with force, but with, you know, if it's for the highest and greatest good, it happens. For example, we talk about in the book, a transmutational bubble. So for somebody uh, that uh, say they have a boss that is very, very negative, yet, you know, they, they kind of need their job or they want to stay in their job and they don't want to quit. Um, how can they prevent uh, their neg the negativity from the boss literally spewing out and intoxifying their environment energetically? Well, they can actually ask for or command a transmutational bubble around that person. So they imagine this bubble, it explains it in the book, what it does um, uh, around this person. And so that person's negativity doesn't hit other people. Um, so it's funny because you're like, wow, is it real? You know, like, but the thing is that we've just seen thousands upon thousands of people use these very, very simple tools and makes a huge difference, you know, in their lives from children to, you know, people in their nineties. So interesting. And, and so you were saying that 95 to 96, I just want to make sure I heard this right, of people on the planet have been attuned to a certain frequency to be able to work with Topacan and be able to do this? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and in fact, you know, we have um, uh, in, in the, I, I launched three books actually uh, in 2020 and one of the other books called Evolutionary Healer. We, I talked about a very esoteric issue where, um, you know, people that believe in or understand the whole past life thing well, or multiverse life thing, I have seen, at least in my practice, uh, um, people that I've worked with, that they've been affected by other, quote unquote, lives and those energies. So there's actually a Topican Healing Directive some people call them commands, actually in the book, <laughs> which shows you how to minimize that. And in my book as well, we have other commands or directives on how to do, you know, self-clearing and, you know, getting more accurate in your muscle testing. And then every week I have a YouTube that comes out called the Spiritual Medicine Digest. And we do a little bit of Topican healing every week, depending on what's going on in the world. For example, I think last week we did stuff on um, uh, firming up our boundaries, our energetic boundaries. So beautiful. So, so it's interesting because, um, the, is this applicable? Like, I know we're talking about it with the body, but it, is this applicable to creating anything? Cause I know you mentioned, you know, a boss and kind of protecting yourself from that energy. Is it applicable across the board? Um, what do you mean across the board? Do you mean like with the, anything in life, like something is, you know, I know we're talking about the physical body and healing different, you know, aspects of the physical body, but let's say there's something that's, you know, feeling out of alignment in your life. That's not a physical ailment. Like, can you use the same principles of topo can, uh, for that? Like yes, there, 
yep, there's actually sophisticated ways, and um, I call them protocols because I'm quite structured in my the way I teach. So I call them protocols and and or formulas where we can show you the right question to ask. Um, and for example, say someone has relationship stress with somebody, say it's their boyfriend or their husband or you know uh, wife or something like that. We can actually measure things, which is really what I love to do. We can measure how happy, balanced, and harmonious is that energetic relationship between those two people. I also have uh, cheat sheets or charts. I call them Topican Healing Guides. Uh, there's guide one, guide two, guide three, where people can use muscle testing and get the answer. Like say the question is, um, what can I do to improve the intimacy or quality of my relationship with my husband, for example? And then when you ask that question, you can ask, uh, is it in guide one? Is it in guide two? Is it in guide three? You know, and get an answer of what it is. And you might get, for example, in guide one, you know, the answer might be that um, there's a negative cord attached. So a negative cord that could be attached uh, at any point in your life could be to an ex-husband, for example, that's very common. <laughs> um, then, then that could be interfering with your current relationship. So once you know that is there, then you would just use a Topican Healing Directive and just to release that cord. And in the and it's people can make up their own. I actually have a training program called the Topican Healing Level 1 Training Program. So in this case, an example would be I now command that this negative cord be dissolved uncreated and the whole is filled with love and light in the highest and best way all directions of time with ease speed and grace thank you and then in the topican healing method we would actually go back and retest is the cord still there so and great so it's very precise and and very helpful because some of the stuff is pretty weird that we find like we find like people with you know, inherited curses from 80 generations ago affecting their yeah. vitamin d levels i mean it's just crazy yeah. stuff yeah. And how, that's my next question. I was going to ask you, like, how often are we like at this time on the planet and with the collective, how often are, is our health influenced by like things from past lives or in our generational line, you know, that type of thing that you find? Do you have a percentage mm, that's a fantastic, on that? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. What I have noticed, now I've done, you know, um, gosh, probably about 5,000 at this point, um, healing, one-on-one healing sessions over the years. And what I have noticed are trends. That's one of the things I'm good at is noticing the big picture and the trends. What I've noticed is that uh, as we go through our human evolution, that we are becoming more and more attuned or sensitive is the better word to all of our different experiences and lives, and that we can simultaneously heal multiple lives at once, much easier now than before. Um, why that is. I mean, some people call it an ascension process and people call it human evolution. There's all these different names for it, but there is something happening where uh, energies are quickening and changes faster. Like I've noticed and many, many, many of my students and clients have noticed as well is like what they're thinking about comes about much faster now than it ever did before. Like manifesting is just much faster. So it behooves us to really focus on what it is we do want, right? And, and our consciousness, uh, rather than complaining or judging or blaming and bringing more of that on as well. So from my point of view, absolutely, we are healing faster than ever before and we can heal deeper. So we're healing multiple lives, we're healing generational things, uh, sometimes like at lightning, lightning speed. Yeah, it's so true. I, I see that too in my practice and I'm experiencing that in my own life as well. Mm. And you talk about in the book, um, 
which I thought was really interesting about muscle testing and getting information. And you were talking about like, what's the source of the information and finding out what the light score is of kind of where the information is coming from, which I think is really interesting and important to talk about. Um, not all information we receive is of the same light, correct? Mm. It, it, it is one of the challenges that we have these days is discerning uh, what pieces of information are you know, true, and I put true in quotes, <laughs> because what's true yesterday may not be true today, uh, and also what is for our highest and greatest good to even digest, whether that be from the news or alternative news or that kind of thing, like something that would be okay for me to digest because I can handle my emotions and just get the information, glean the information and know that there is a to-do list after that. Uh, for someone else, you know, they may muscle test, don't go there because they're not emotionally ready to learn those things or receive that information or guidance. Uh, and sometimes it's a negative piece of news that they won't be able to handle. So being able to discern what will work for you in that moment and also the best truth that you can come from uh, or, you know, be connected with uh, is definitely a skill set. It's, it's not something that people um, are able to do necessarily overnight. The dry muscle testing really helps. And if someone has an attachment to a specific outcome or political view or the aliens don't exist or whatever their belief is, it, 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 of course, it can skew the results. So in chapter four, I put it right near the beginning of the book, uh, that stillness through observing internal movement practice, it can be three seconds a day, three minutes a day, you know, or just at a time. That practice, getting into the body and feeling the energy in the body is one way to help to dissolve some of these other, let's just say confusing energies that are swirling around us. Um, and when we get to know ourselves in that space, we can literally start to feel immediately whether something is in alignment, whether it's for our highest and greatest good, or whether it's not. Like sometimes I'll be like, I'll be like very doing the thousand things and I'll see this post and I'll start writing uh, something on Facebook and then I'll go into stillness while I'm writing. And in the middle of it, I, you know, the answer is like, don't post that. Interesting. So I'm being inquisitive and I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. And one of the things that it was like, don't post that because you're not going to make an impact. And well, I'm, I'm I, you know, I'm elaborating on the yes, no answers, but you know, you're not going to make an impact. Stick to medicine, stick to what you're an expert at. I was like, okay. But I was really tempted to post this political thing. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because it's, it's just going to fall on deaf ears. It's not going to work. And I'm not believable in that space because I'm not into politics. Yeah. So, so, but anything medical, right? I have that expertise. And every time I've posted in that way, even though it's controversial and theoretically could get censored, I've been censored for other things, but, but, but for those kinds of posts where I go into my expertise and I share something from my experience as in medicine and some of the concerns that I have right now, it doesn't get censored because that's in alignment with the universe and what my, my role is you know, to, to share with people. So I, it's interesting. It's not an easy thing for people these days. Yeah, definitely. And what is, I mean, do you feel like when people are, you know, just feeling really confused, like discernment is not easy for, for a lot of people and, you know, and the pervasive, like kind of lower frequency vibrations that are running around here in 3d, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, there can be a lot of like just feeling very uncertain of, of what is, you know, the right choice or the right way to move or who you are, or why you're here, all of those things. Does that have anything to do with like, cause I, I love how you were talking about in the book about light score, right? Like, and, and discerning how, you know, what is a light score you were, I think in the book you had like something was a 70. And so do we want to listen to that? Or do we want something that's a light score of a hundred? Like, are there energies around people that like, that, that are, um, contributing to this, like kind of lack of clarity or confusion or disconnect? Yes. And, and thank you. I actually forgot your question. So <laughs> let's go back to the no light problem. score a little bit. It is uh, one way, not the way, but one way uh, for people to discern whether something is for the highest and greatest good. And then giving a solid example, um, I had a former patient who uh, her um, uh, child, who she is not her child, but her sister's child, she was a co-guardian, um, had uh, the diagnosis of autism. And uh, all, I, at least in my experience, all autistic children are highly sensitive. Same thing with children diagnosed with ADD and a bunch of other diagnoses for which they unfortunately, you know, just give them medications for and not train them in their sensitivity. So she said, well, I have five people I'm interviewing as a caregiver. Uh, I, bet I, I don't really know, you know, which one I should hire. Can you help? I said, yeah. Since I didn't know them, so I didn't have any attachment to anyone being the one, I said, all I need is their first name. As long as you know who they are, that's good enough. And she goes, yeah, yeah. So she gave me all their first names, and we just did a light score. In this case, uh, because I knew he was sensitive, I knew that he would most likely do better with someone with the highest light score, um, those 90 and above, which is it's getting more common, but still fairly rare um, humans anyway uh, that are light score of 98 and above and stay 90 and above are literally impervious to negative attachments and energies and uh, most really really good talented healers don't even hit 90 uh, and uh, very conscious you know people who are doing meditation yoga you know all that kind of stuff they generally run the high 70s um, and uh, the average, you know, person, I mean, it's improved, mind you, uh, might be between, you know, 50s and the 60s, things like that. Uh, the average person that's not interested in spirituality, that's not interested in personal growth. So they're, they're generally going to run, these are very general numbers, but they'll generally run a little lower. So for this child, we tested these five people, and it was amazing, the difference <laughs> between who they, <laughs> you know, what their light scores were. And I turned to the, the guardian, I said, what do you think? And she goes... I think you're right, because the one that you checked right here that was 90, that's his favorite. Uh, so so th some of these kids know, you know, yeah. and even if we don't know, because we use our logic brain a lot. And that's something that we're told to use, you know, from day one. And it is, you know, we, we're giving awards and prizes and A pluses, you know, for using our left brain. We don't get A plus for using our right brain. We don't get A plus for being intuitive or, you know, empathetic or anything like that. Well, I could have just whisked through school with, you know, 99% if, if they were giving, you know, prizes and credit for empathy, you know, <laughs> but, but then there was math. We had to do math. Um, yeah. So we, we, we don't encourage our children to learn these kinds of things, but so this light scoring system, it's not perfect. You know, our, our biases you know, are going to play into it. Like, for example, if somebody doesn't like a president or presidential candidate, you know, you could get the wrong answer, you know, because you don't like the person to be in with. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and so it can be tough. So, but things that one isn't as attached to, like, you know, for example, there, oh my God, I guess so many articles from people like, Dr. Carey, did you see this news report or that news report? And usually non-mainstream news, like, is this a conspiracy or is this real, right? Like all these different things. So one of the things I do is I can feel it now. So, but in the past, what I would do is just do a light score or actually in this case, a truth score. There's a divine love, light and truth. You can measure all three for anything, anyone. And I would just check, you know, and if the truth score is like 70 above, it's not bad, you know, but sometimes I'll be really interested to go, huh? Why is this only a seven day? So I'll just, I'll just literally go paragraph by paragraph if I'm that interested and go, okay, this paragraph, what's the true score? 90. Oh, interesting. This paragraph, 80. Okay. This paragraph, I'm like, so why am I getting a score of 70? So then I go into stillness that we teach in chapter four in the book, sensitivity is your superpower. And then I get the right question to ask. I said, is it because they're missing things? Yes. Oh, so the divine truth is lower because they're missing information to fill in the gaps here. Yes. Okay. <laughs> right? So sometimes yeah. it's not because it's negative per se or not true. It's just that it's not the whole truth. So that's where, now this is a very sophisticated way. You know, I don't expect people to read the book and be able to do this overnight, but it's a very sophisticated way of discernment if people choose to have a tool like that. Yes. And you know what I love about this example? Thank you for taking us through an example mm -hmm. is that in life, our human logical linear mind would look at that score and say, there must be things in here that are false. Right. If the score Sometimes is, there is, yeah, but. if the score is 70, <laughs> like, but we just, we just make those value, you know, or belief judgments, mm. right? Like you're so great. You're taking us on the journey of saying, ask the deeper question right? You're getting a score of 90 on a paragraph and then 80. And you're like, but why is the whole score 70? And so many times in life, I'm just linking this up with how, you know, our human brain operates is that we would immediately jump to, this is either not working or it's not right. Something's false in here. When really, when you go deeper and ask those deeper, more precise questions, what you found out in this example is that they're just, it wasn't the whole picture. Yeah, exactly. Now, of course, there are things, Shana, on the news and things like that that are meant purposefully to confuse people. Like, yes. for example, in our local um, paper, um, there was a woman in the associated town and she came in front of the school board and was giving all the scientific data about masking and children, her concerns. She didn't want her children masked in school and things like that. Right. And about COVID and, and the percentages of the survival rate and everything like that. So I'm reading this article and, you know, they said what she said. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah, she's right. Okay. So I'm going, yeah, she's right. And then the next line that the, uh, I'll call them loosely journalists, um, you know, or, or the, the article writer said was completely like not actually relevant, but it, like, for example, I'll give you the solid example. So she was saying, you know, you know, children uh, have a 99.97% uh, survival rate from COVID-19. We don't need to mask them. Da, da, da. Here's the data, right? So the next line didn't say, oh, she's right. And right. The next line said, Worldwide, there have been X number of children and people who have died of COVID-19. And I was like, uh, okay. So if the average person reads that and doesn't have that discernment, they'd be like, oh, we should mask our children, right? But I'm like, dude, she's right. And you didn't acknowledge that she was right. 
And here you are taking data from all over the world, which, by the way, the grand majority of those childhood deaths, they had like cancer, you know, (laughs) they had asthma, like they had secondary things, but they didn't qualify that just to make people scared, right? And after people get really good at that stillness, you can feel that manipulation coming through the words. Yes, you can. And and sometimes you can get pissed off. But it's, it's, you know, you it's, go, oh, I know what you're it's trying been, to do. It's mind blowing. And I don't mm. even like in my um, feeling into this, like I really have moments where I'm like suspended from like, like any deep like belief and more just in this place of witnessing how mm-hmm. information is spun to create a feeling in other people and how like meticulously it's done. And, and purposefully, you know, you can feel that you can feel when you're reading stuff. I mean, you should ask my husband because I'm consistently like (laughs) running across things and being like, would you listen to this? Like, this is mind blowing. Um, and it's so interesting how, um, I ran across, um, a commercial, no, it was actually like a, like a 60 minutes type, you know, where they do like a big, long 15 minute story on a topic. And I ran across it from like years ago. They had this old video is like, I don't know, back in the seventies. And, and a lot of people on the planet, I was alive in the seventies, but a lot of people on the planet weren't. And there's whole new generations, right. That never lived through that era. And they were, and the, the newscaster, the guy doing the interviews, it was literally watching. It was like, they are presenting all sides of the story. Like they're presenting, you might, you know, here's the data, here's the data. Um, Some people feel like this. Some people feel like that. Like there was such an equal display, like here's the data. And like, here are the things that different people might feel about this. And it wasn't until I watched that because, you know, I don't remember, I was young in the seventies, very young. Um, that I really, like I was listening and feeling into that vibration and saying to myself, like, this hasn't been present for a very long time. It's, it's become a different energy, right? And the way that information is shared, let's say, you know, through news sources and in media and things like that. And there's lots of, I'm sure, reasons for it. And we have, you know, media is a different thing than it was back in the seventies. But, but just hearing that made me connect to when data was just presented. Right, exactly. And yesterday I was just watching, um, you know, uh, one of these documentaries and they go into all this research and some of them will, you know, invariably not watch these at all because they're, oh, they're a bunch of conspiracy theorists, right? But I, I like data. I like data. I like proof. So I like watching these things just to see what they got. So they're presenting a, um, uh, you know, somebody in the news. I can't remember which channel she was from. And uh, so they were doing this whole swine flu thing and, you know, vaccinations, they rushed the vaccinations and it really was a carbon copy of what we see today. But here's the thing is one very prominent scientist basically said this is fraudulent and, you know, you don't have to worry. And he did it on TV and it was televised. And then another uh, journalist, this woman, um, basically said, hey, you don't need to worry. You know, this is not as bad as we, you know, we've been telling you, we made a mistake. And those two people single-handedly toppled the, you know, it, it just shut down overnight. Yes. You know, the, the injection shut down, everything shut down, but, but well, they had to shut it down because these people died and I think five people died or whatever the injection. So they shut it down. But the point is, is, is there was one 
honest <laughs> investigative journalist, and there was one honest scientist who happened to be on national TV, and it got around. So that's the impact of media. And I can totally imagine if there was an agenda to control the population that you would really have to control the media. So that was their training ground and playground. And they said, whoa, okay, that didn't work. So uh, yeah, we don't see that very much anymore, that investigative journalism, what you're talking about. Yeah, no, it's it's a complete 180 from that. And what's so interesting when you feel into the the vibration of a different conversation at a different time. Like mm. most of all, we don't notice it because these are things that happen slowly over time, right? And sometimes mm -hmm. it's hard for people to discern. But when you go back to a certain period of time where investigative journalism was a thing and you listen to that and you watch from a discerning eye, you can feel the absolute shift in energy between you know, what goes on today and what went on, you know, then. And, and there was a kind of sense of like, that, that by giving me all the data, I'm then as a consumer smart enough to discern the data and make a choice for myself. That I, it, it's, it's speaking to people as though they're intelligent, which I believe that people are, and not let me give you whatever data I want to give you and then tell you how to feel about it and tell you how to think about it. Because that's not giving people the freedom to, you know, to have discernment and to, and to have their own truth. And so it's just a really beyond just the news or what's out there in the world. I think it's an interesting psychological and also spiritual thing to notice like the energy of things behind the words, behind what's going on, um, that I think is really important at this time. Absolutely, absolutely. And important that, you know, people are listening to podcasts like this one and, you know, others that um, are just really balancing out uh, the inequities of, of how things are presented. And the funny, ironic thing is I do have a, a friend of mine who, you know, has uh, at some point, you know, said, look, I, you know, I wish you wouldn't be so political. And I was like, political, political, what am I being political about? <laughs> Uh, you know, because uh, now they've skewed it so that even if you're presenting data or something that is against the narrative, it's automatically labeled as political. Whereas yeah. for me, it it's yeah. it's just it's data, data, and yeah, and and, yeah. and 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 I'm a medical doctor, right? So I'm like looking at this data. I'm looking at you know somebody else posted the other day, you know, uh, do no harm. I, something about uh, well, of course, when I share other people's memes, that's when I get in trouble. But <laughs> you know. Uh, this this meme said something like, uh, you know, if there really was a health emergency, they wouldn't be firing their doctors and nurses, you know, and somebody commented below, somebody I don't know, but, um, you know, one of my Facebook friends, uh, you know, said, oh, well, you know, well, unless they're a danger to others. Right. And I was like, she said, first, do no harm. So I took whatever she said, said, you're absolutely right. First, do no harm. <laughs> and then I attached, you know, one of the best presentations that I've seen so far on the jibby jabby uh, using six months of Pfizer data that they were forced to release by the courts. And it was a beautiful presentation by the um, uh, Canadian COVID Care Alliance and very, very well done, very professional, looking at all the data, just crunching all the data in a, in a way that you can really see the charts and the lines and because I'm very visual. And so I just posted that underneath. <laughs> so great. So the, thing is, the thing is like, <laughs> When you, when you're able to sense the world beyond the 3d, and I, I hope every one of you guys listening to this takes us away, 
Um, and what I've learned in being around people, you know, who have psychic gifts and who sense the world from this expanded, you know, kind of vantage point is that, and this is what's true for me personally, that when you feel lies or lack of truth or misalignment or, you know, I mean, or, or ill intent behind something, it's disturbing. Like it's disturbing. Like it bothers me. You know what I mean? I'm just like, this isn't, this is not registering. You know what I mean? This is not registering as the highest truth. And so, and so there's a part, it's not so much about, you know, people want to say it's about political or this or that. It's, it's for me, it's like, what is the truth? You know what I mean? What is the highest truth of this? Like, so if there's data that, that is telling a different story and that data is true and people have put their time and energy into collecting that data, then that data needs to be seen, right? If that data is factual and accurate, then people deserve the right to see that. And so it feels icky, this more sensitive you are um, when you're around people, environments, things that are maybe are supposed to look a certain way on the surface, but underneath are not that at all, or underneath you, you just feel like some negative energy and some misalignment, like, Hey, what's being presented here isn't the same as what I'm feeling underneath here. And I feel like that's, that's what people, you know, I feel in my community, my friends, the people, you know, who are in um, healing arts are saying is like, let's acknowledge the truth. Let's acknowledge where there's misalignments, where things are being presented, not in an accurate way. And I feel like that's part of the evolution on the planet right now is that we're supposed to understand and see more of the greater truth. And that truth is always evolving, but like you can feel when things just feel wrong, wrong, wrong. Like this is not, you know, there's nothing good about this or it's not accurate or there's no piece of information that's accurate. And we have to learn to honor that within ourselves. And I think, you know, everything that's happened over the past couple of years is an opportunity for each one of us as individuals and also collectively to stand for the things that feel aligned. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it really is uh, very interesting because I've noticed that as time has gone on and there's a lot of pressure uh, from whatever, whether people call it a narrative or whatever, and, and the, the, they up the ante, <laughs> um, that uh, even people in the so-called spiritual arena are what other people would judge as caving in or, mm. or caving into. So these are, you know, and I'm not going to name names, but certain very famous people who in some ways we look at, you know, their example because they have millions and millions and millions of followers, right? And I'm like, really, dude? <laughs> you're going to promote that, you know? And and this brings Um, up, this brings up the greatest point though, because it's like, how, how much will you stand behind your truth? Cause a lot of times it's easy to stand behind your truth when it's easy. Yeah. But, but will you, and I don't, you know, I, I have no opinion on people talking about it or whether they don't talk about what their truths are. Like, it's like you said earlier, you got guidance, like, stay in your lane with, you know, with what you do and what your contribution is. And I believe that 110%, like some people come for very specific contribution lines and some people come for very, for others. And, um, so it's, it's more about, you have to know within you, like where that discernment lies and, and what is, and be clear on that in yourself. And so, you know, we get tested all the time in life, not just at this moment in time, but are you willing to stand by your truth? Are you willing to acknowledge the hard things? Like you talked about people, you know, getting maybe 
not ready to receive information that would be hard for them to handle. Like part of opening up your senses and sensing things is that sometimes you do, you know, experience things that are hard to, you know, hard truths to accept or hard things to see or hard things to go, wow, really? Is it like this? And there's like a process of being able to accept that new perspective and that new awareness that you have. I mean, but I think we can all like agree that, and I look back on my journey, that I'm better for it every time. That every time I am confronted with a new truth that might be shocking to me or like even emotional to me, that that when I come into acceptance of that, that I only expand more and that I, you know, which expands my compassion, my, my, the way I work with people, all of that, like it expands you, you know, and all the best parts of you. So I think we're being all asked to do that. Mm -hmm. And and I believe that those of us that have done a lot of spiritual work or, or think we've done a lot of spiritual work. And even those that have, you know, millions of followers, a big, you know, list, uh, multiple best-selling books, yada, 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 that um, we all have opportunities that I like to call them abundance challenges. Other people call them like universal mini tasks, you know, where we're, we're getting tested. And um, I know for me to stay humble because uh, I feel when those tests are coming and sometimes it's very, very subtle at this level. And other times it's very big um, and they become more and more subtle. And that like, for me, it, it's not easy to be able to have, you know, for example, a healer colleague, you know, who I've respected and trusted or whatever, you know, all of a sudden, say negative or bad things or whatever. And, and how do I, how do I handle that situation with grace or ease or, you know, those kinds of things and be compassionate uh, and agree to disagree. Uh, and at the same time, you know, under remembering we are all one and this is part of our evolution. And I can tell if I have uh, quote unquote passed the test because I usually get an amazing miraculous and or synchronicity very soon after that. But it does take a little bit of willingness to go into that internal space uh, because it's like digging out for gold and that gold happens to be a discomfort, you know, that we've learned in childhood or an inner child trauma or something like that, where it's this tiny, 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 tiny little sliver, you know, that, that isn't uh, is preventing our full expression of who we really are. And, uh, the universe will find or help you find those little slivers, but you know, they're really actually pieces of gold nuggets that are there to, to grow and evolve us. And so every negative or uncomfortable experience can be turned into a positive thing as long as we're willing to do the work. And that's what I think everybody is, or we're hoping that, you know, everybody will be able to, to go to that space at some point. Yeah. And you know what, through all of the past couple of years, I agree 100% with what you're saying. I have just thought that my, you know, one of my roles is just to like send out love, right? Like people are moving through all kinds of, you know, even like root chakra, I call it the root chakra shakeup that we've been going through collectively. And I remember when I went through my dark night of the soul and my massive spiritual transformation and all of the emotions and the feelings and all the things that came up, you know, right in front of my face for me to look at them. And, and I'm like, yeah, like the energy of love that we can send that out you know, because ultimately at the end of the day, that is who we are. That is what we are. And there's lots of distortion and distraction and things going on, but I would just lay in bed some nights and just send that out. You know, like we are all one at the highest source, even though we don't feel that way all the time. Um, 
And, mm-hmm. and when we just, you know, when we soften into the love, like, and I'm not saying that's like not dealing with your life, you got to deal with your life and the things that come, but I would just have moments where I would just like feel that like mm-hmm. we just, we, we are in a time where love is so needed, right? Like to love each other, to love ourselves, to be connected to the fact that that's the truth of who we are. And when we can just even have two minutes where we connect to that truth, um, that, that we feel that in our life and, and during the challenges is like the biggest time when you want to connect to that energy. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's, like you said, I mean, it really is the work uh, because it can get really darn uncomfortable. And if we're willing to experience the discomfort in that full love of ourselves and whatever we're going through, uh, as a recovering perfectionist, I have to say that. Uh, <laughs> I was there too. Uh, I was there too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so a lot of, a lot of, you know, I mean, it, it's good in, in the one hand, cause we, we, you know, want to make a difference and we, and uh, you know, we get lots of things done. And on the other hand, being gentle with ourselves and forgiving of ourselves, it's, it's a beautiful interplay of, you know, life and source and energies and love and, and experience. And, and I think that people that don't want to see the truth, yet are not really ready to see the truth one of the main things i've personally noticed is just their self-esteem you know is low like they they they're too scared uh because they don't trust themselves they don't love themselves fully and therefore that's projected onto the outside world yeah yeah it's so true this has been an incredible conversation i'm so grateful for you sharing your wisdom and your light and this beautiful work it just it feels really powerful and exciting. And so you guys, you should get the book. Sensitivity is your superpower, which is hundred percent truth. Um, and, and check it out. It's an amazing read. I'm almost finished. I have a little bit more of the book left, but thank you so much, Karen, for being with us today. Oh, my pleasure, Shana. It's It's been a great conversation. Thank you so much. And I just want to let your listeners know if they do buy the book, whether it be on Amazon or off, off my site, that we do have $1,000 worth of gifts uh, oh to goodness. give to people. So um, there's uh, downloadable trainings and healings and you know energy-infused healings, and not just for me, but other amazing, beautiful uh, friends of mine as well. So anytime you know, that, that promotion is still going on. So they can just go to karencan.com and they can, um, you know, get the, get the prizes or get the, get the gifts. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. We'll have that in the show notes for you guys as well. So thank you so much, Karen. My pleasure, Shauna. It's been wonderful. Thanks everyone for listening in. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes.